Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, as always, every single week, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Now, as promised last week, I think I promised you this last week or the week before that, I think it was last week, that we would have a guest this week. And I know I have deprived this entire audience of a guest for so long, but you know, our content, there's been a lot of ATP content, there's been a lot to talk about, and it's the off season, and I told you I had to be in like October. I go when the off season hits. I got a good. I got a good guest we're bringing on. And this week we lined it up before the Christmas break, before the New Year. I told you we would have a guest, and we do today. Our guest today is Madison Golden. Without further ado, she is the. Let me intro you now, Mats, because I I got. I've been thinking about this. She okay. We went to school together at St. Cloud State University. And I, you know, I had this big passion for tennis in college, as you guys knew, because I started this podcast when I was in college. And Madison loves hockey. She loves hockey so much, the NHL, everything else. And I was kind of into hockey a little bit, but you know, not as much. I don't know as much about hockey as Madison does. She is way over my head when it comes to things about hockey. But she worked for the Muskegon Lumberjacks as a in arena host, and she worked for the team there, and she lived in Muskegon for a while, and then not too long ago, you got to be coming up on a year, or a little over a year, she started at the Bleacher app. Now, if you don't know what the Bleacher app is, get onto it, because the Bleacher app, we'll explain it here in a sec. They own the Tennis One app as a multimedia journalist as she works for them. Madison, how are you doing? Hi, thank you for that wonderful intro. I feel so honored to be joining you on this tennis podcast. I'm so excited. Yeah. You know, you got a little wordy. I got a little wordy in there, you know, I started getting away from the original content, but you work for the bleacher app and, um, that that's kind of the way the world is going. Now they go to apps. Um, talk a little bit about the bleacher app and what it does. And then we're going to jump into a little bit more of the tennis one app. Cause that's really where the nuts and bolts of this whole thing are. Yeah, absolutely. So bleacher app is a really unique and creative way to live stream anything and everything. You can live stream YouTube videos and do a live reaction. You can live stream sporting events. We partnered with Duke men's basketball last year during the pandemic and streamed several of their games so that students could still watch and interact with each other on a really unique platform. And we've just continued to grow and expand. So I'm Super fortunate and happy and lucky to be a part of such a wonderful company with great people and a very, very strong product. And it is award-winning. We have a special kind of software technology that's included in both Tennis One and Bleacher called CrowdView Live. And that is the live streaming platform. And we just took home a big OTT Sports Summit Award. So that was very exciting. So like I said, super excited to be joining you today. And also very happy and honored to be a part of my company. Yeah. So the ble- the bleacher app, this this crowd view thing is so 
it's so weird and different. Like it, it, it's nothing like I've ever seen. It's like a Zoom call, but it's not. Like, like it's a, it's like you share your. That's the best way to explain it to people that don't know what it is, right? It's like a Zoom call, and, yeah. But you like share the screen, and then you guys can all like interact about what it is. But it's more for like fans, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to describe it, and you're able to, you know, move people kind of throughout the broadcast you can move them down lower and have them be more important part of your broadcast and you know we've done a lot of different sports coverage and much of this has been with tennis so it's been a really really cool to see jacob just joined us yesterday actually and we can talk a little bit about it but you joined us on our crowd view live oh we are we are talking about that we're gonna talk about that right now so so bleacher app is the mother company so to speak for tennis one right yeah, so it's Bleacher LLC, and we have two apps, the Bleacher app and then the Tennis One app. Yeah, and Tennis One is specifically on tennis, and Tennis One is, like, the premier app for tennis. I think that's where I get a lot of my tennis stuff. I, the ATP has an app as well that I have, but but Tennis is more tennis One is more for, like, tennis fans and getting them more involved in kind of what the players do and getting them more involved in like the player type of stuff. They have brackets, the interactive brackets and stuff like that. So yesterday on tennis one, we had this crowd view thing and Donna Vekic was on, they had Donna Vekic on and we were just all chilling in the crowd. It's like being on a zoom call with Donna Vekic. Like it was weird. It was bizarre. She's in Croatia or Monaco. I think she said she was in yesterday. Um, yep. and she, and she jumped on this call and it was just a bunch of average dudes like me and everyone else in that call. And we could just like, we just like hung out with Donna Vekic, right? Yeah, exactly. You, I mean, you just summarized it perfectly. She talked about her candle company. Mm-hmm. Jacob, you asked a question. You got I did to ask type questions. in the chat. Capital J journalist over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was so cool. unique. Yeah. It was so unique and just like. You'd never imagine you'd jump on with some of these players. And, like, the opportunities I think that, like, that app has when it comes to that stuff is sky high. I mean, it's so cool for fans. Like, I would have never thought yesterday at 11 o'clock I'd be like, oh, let's jump on a Zoom call. Technically, not a Zoom call, but pretty much with Donna Vekic and see if she wants to answer one of my questions. So that was pretty cool. Um, Other than that, I mean, those are pretty much your app. Like, that is the app, right? Yeah, right. There's exactly. other content we, on there, and if people want to check it out, they can. Like, it's just called Tennis yeah. One. But um, right. that's pretty much the nuts and bolts of what it is, right? Definitely. You got it. You nailed it. Which, which and this is what got Madison into tennis, right? It is. It is. It's very exciting, and I remember getting this job, and immediately I, I texted you, and I said, hey, like, I, I think I'm going to be involved with some tennis. <laughs> Yeah, and I was excited to have friends that like tennis because a lot of my friends don't. And when I say things on this podcast, I'll start talking about like big names in tennis or like long names that are hard for people to pronounce. And they'll be like, dude, stop it. We have no we have no idea what you're talking about. But now I have a friend that knows what I'm talking about and I'm jacked up about yeah. it and actually knows what's going on. So you get the opportunity, though, through Bleacher and through Tennis One to go to these tournaments. And that's that's why I wanted to have you on, because you have a unique perspective of going to some of these tournaments. What are some of the tournaments you went to over the last year? I know with COVID, it was probably kind of hard, but you still made it out to a few. Yeah, so throughout summer, obviously, as you know, it's busy season for tennis. I mean, the whole year is really busy, but summer is when we had a lot of our tournament partnerships. So I was very lucky to attend the WTA 500 event, the Mubadala Silicon Valley Classic. 
So we were exclusive app partner with them. We got to, I traveled with a coworker to San Jose. We got to cover that WTA 500 pretty big event. And it was, I mean, it was, that was my first tournament. It was absolutely incredible. The amount of talent on the WTA side is just unreal. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to talk to some of these players. We get to do exclusive interviews with them. We got to do uh, the draw reveal with Emma Raducanu, U.S. Open champion. So it was pretty, yeah, pretty special. A lot of players, you know, Sloan Stevens was there, Madison Keys, Danielle Collins won the tournament. And like I said, just like an immense amount of talent on that WTA tour. And it was, it it was my first time seeing tennis in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think you just touched on a very important part when it comes to the sport of tennis and really all sports too. But like a lot of people, when they think of tennis, they think, and I talk about the big three all the time in this podcast too. And you know, you got the big three with Novak and Rafa and Roger, and then you go on the women's side, you have Naomi and Serena. And it's like, yeah, we have all these really good players at the top, but tennis runs deep. It's kind of like the PGA. If you go to a PGA event, that's like not that's like the tier under PGA still trying to make it. Those guys are incredible. And even the LPGA too, but like the WTA and the ATP, there's so much talent at the bottom of people trying to make it. And that's what you saw at like the tournaments you went to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and these were, they were still players in the top 100 of the world. Like that's what I think. I don't think a lot of people know and understand and appreciate that, but they're like, the whole world they're in the top 100 that's that's a huge deal and i mean tennis some of those matches that i watched in san jose we were sitting out there for three and a half to four hours for one match yeah yeah that i i think i think you have a very unique perspective on it because you didn't necessarily grow up following it as much as like some people do so like it it's like I think something or things you see the tennis world or people that have been in the tennis world like me have taken for granted, right? Like the, like the, the talent at the bottom or the, how long the matches are at some of these places, but you also went to a few other tournaments. You went to the hall of fame open, right? In is that New Jersey? That one is in Rhode Island. I personally didn't get to go, but tennis tennis one one was was there, right? Yeah. It was the official app of that tournament, a grass court tournament. Super, super cool. That's apparently one of like everybody's favorite tournaments to go to. It's in Rhode Island. It's like absolutely beautiful. And it's like, it, a gra- I think grass court season is so fun to watch. It is fun. to. It's so fast. So like there's a lot of like wows in grass court. Like, oh my, that was a great shot. Or I don't know how he got that. Or I don't know how he did that because it's such a fast surface. Uh, you did though. I'm going to get this one right. You did go to San Diego, right? I did. Did the inaugural San, San Diego Open? Oh my gosh, that was the most insane draw, and it was an ATP 250. It was the most incredible experience. Andy Murray was there, Casper Rude. I mean, what, what Cam an, Nori. What an, like what an introduction to tennis for you, <laughs> right? Like, and that. It was, yeah, they were like, do you want, can you go to San Diego? I was like, can I go? <laughs> Absolutely, I, I can honored. go to San Diego. <laughs> yeah, Casper Ruud actually ended up winning that tournament. Yeah, and on the yeah. double side, too, it was uh, it was some Brits. It was Skepsky yes. and 
oh, I don't know the other guy's name. His name's like Neil, I think. Um, yes. That won that tournament. Neil and Jill. It, yes, yeah. yes. The, a couple of Brits, I believe, those guys are. Um, the 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 draw for this tournament, though, the top seeds in this, this is like, this, like she said, it's an ATP 250, and we talked about it when it came around, but like just to put it in perspective of like, hey, Madison, you're going to an ATP 250, but guess who's there? Rublev was the one seed. Rude was the two seed. Shapo was the yep. f- was the four seed. Who's the three seed? I don't know why it doesn't have the three seed up here. Interesting. Um. Anyway, Hubie Hercotch was there, and then the uh, and then it was Diego Schwartzman and Daniel Evans and uh, Lorenzo Sanago. Like there was there was names there. I believe wasn't uh, Sebastian Corda. Corda was there. Wasn't Fritz there too? Fritz, you bet. Yeah, Fritz. Nakashima. Yes. Yeah. So, so this was right after, uh, I believe this was right after Indian Wells or around the same time. It was actually right before, right before, just right before. Exactly. And what was so big about this tournament, which I should have saw coming because I, I counted, I shouldn't have done this, but when we went to Indian Wells, I was like, Oh, Cam Norrie's not going to do very well. Goes on and wins Indian Wells. Right. But Cam Norrie (laughs) made the finals in San Diego and he played Casper rude. And yeah, but, and but, it was a straight set win for Casper Rude. And, and Nori was a little off. And, and so. Yeah, yeah. And this and this was the exact <laughs> same time. It was six oh six too. Tough, tough championship match. Um, yeah. <laughs> this was the same time Dimitrov was there too. Um, this was the same time that Casper Rude really started to skyrocket when it comes to playing in on hard courts, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. This was his first hard court championship. He had obviously played extremely well on clay this past year. And, you know, he he was number two seed for a reason. He really, one of the most consistent players of the tournament. Like, he just, he doesn't get riled up. He's not out there screaming like you see. He is so calm, so consistent. He is like a powerhouse to watch. He was literally my favorite player to watch during that tournament. He was so fun to watch. I just, you kept rooting for him because, you know, talking to him, he's so humble. Yeah. So complimentary of his opponent. Literally, I mean, he, you know, in tennis, you have to talk about yourself, but he does it in such a way that you just are like, how do you not root for Casper Rude? Like, how do you not say, I want this guy to, to win the whole thing? Yeah, and, and what was your experience with Rublev? Did you get to watch one of his matches? Yeah, what, I did. What? I had the chance to watch him, you know, until he got out. Cam Norrie actually beat him. Yeah, he hammers the ball. He does. I haven't he seen him is, play since 2019, but from what I remember. He is a powerful <laughs> player. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> It was crazy. The, the TV doesn't do it justice, does it? No. Yeah. When you see those serves in person... And he legit, legit gives like 110% every time. Yeah. He, oh my gosh. He's someone he is, he's yeah. someone you got to watch. Like he is if, so if fun you get to watch. if you get the chance to watch him in person, you got to watch him. What was Andy Murray like? You got to watch him play out there too. I did. Yeah, so I actually saw Andy Murray play the first night of the main draw. Very very cool. He I mean the crowd loves Andy Murray. They love him i it was completely sold out people were standing on the stairs sitting in between wherever they could get in just to watch murray play and you know how he is on the court he gets real fired up yeah 
Yeah. Did you uh, <laughs> did you interview him? I did. I Class waited act, an he? hour. Yeah, yeah, hour and a half to interview him. Worth it. I was like, I have to get Andy Murray in the tenth one app. And you know what? He said cheers to me at the end. So yeah. I feel like if that's my big takeaway from covering tennis, I got a cheers from Andy Murray. That's yeah. good. And I'm I've good. T- I've talked about this on here before too. I think Andy Murray on his on his second part of his career here after he had his uh hip surgery and everything. I think he's just a little bit more appreciative and you can kind of tell he does things a little bit different. I think there were things on things that he did prior to his uh, hip hip injury when he was like top three, top four in the world that a lot of people like used against him. And like, I don't like him because of that or because he did that or because he does things that way. And I think ever since he's came back from his hip, there's not a lot of people that don't like him. And that, that showed in San Diego, like he had a great crowd, didn't he? Definitely. He had people who, you know, flew specifically to come see him play and him only, no, you know? Yeah. At that turn, so. <laughs> at, at that, yeah, no kidding. And that's what, that's what Andy Murray's going to bring. He was part of the big four before it was the big three. And that's because he was so good, even though he couldn't really beat the other three as well as they could beat right. each other. <laughs> However, that's a conversation for another day, or I've had that conversation on here 10 times before with myself. Right. Um, the, <laughs> There's we're we're so close to 2022. Um, the Australian Open, the ATP Cups, right around the corner. Then you got to go to Melbourne, Melbourne, Adelaide. Then you get to the Australian Open. That's all literally next month, which starts on January first. So yeah, which is like less than way less than 20 days away. It's like 15 days away or less. Um, there's a lot of good young stars out there, and I think we're at a point in time where these the big three aren't playing in all of the tournaments they would before. So when you go to places like San Diego, what you did, it gives an opportunity for somebody other than a Rafa or a Roger or a Novak, which to win, which wasn't the case a few years ago. Um, you've watched a lot of young, young players play, um, especially because the level of tournaments you go to a lot of young players go to those tournaments and get a chance to shine. Which ones are you excited about to watch next year? Ooh, that is a really good question. Well, obviously, San Diego, like you said, I got exposed to quite a few of these like up and coming stars. Honestly, Taylor Fritz is incredible to watch. He was so good on night one. And what did you tell me? He's the number one American tennis yeah. player. Yeah, he's got to be the number. He is the number one American. He's 23 right now. Nisner's 24. Opelka's 26. So he is the number one American. But I think 23 for a ranking him, uh, for him is only the start. He's got to be in the top 20 or 15 this year. Oh, yeah. He is totally on the upward climb. I mean, even though he didn't make it maybe as far as he should have in San Diego, I mean, he played Chapo his second round, and it was a close match. I mean, it went to three sets. It was still a really good match. People forget he, just, he had just, knee surgery. Yeah, that's and he talked about that when I you know, inter- got to talk to him, and just the fact that he had that and he's done this well, and I mean, he was he looked, he just looks like fantastic on the court. And he's a pretty, I would say he's a pretty powerful player. He had a really, really strong serve in San Diego. Yeah. He looks good. Yeah, he he's kind of one of those sleeper guys. Like, right when he started on tour, everyone's like, I don't know what kind of path this guy's going to take on the tour. You know, SoCal kid, looks like a surfer boy. Who knows what, <laughs> like, le- legit, who, who knows what he's going to do here? Like, is he kind of going to just take the lifestyle? 
or is he actually going to be well? And I think he's turned out to be great for American tennis. The problem is, is this next year, um, a lot of people want to, you know, prove themselves this next year. And he kind of did a little bit of that this year, but to be the number one American, I think you got to get in the top 10. And that is what, uh, you know, for, for American tennis to be really happy. And I think that is what he's got to do this year. Other than, other than Fritz, who else we got on the mind? Yeah, as far as up and comers go, you know what? Brandon Nakashima was very fun to watch. American, I think right? That yeah, another one hometown San Diego. Mm-hmm. So we had two players from, you know, like you said Southern California. It was a home crowd welcome for him and he looked I mean, he's a good player. He had to play Rublev his second round. You know what? He he I it was a straight set victory for Rublev, but Nakashima, I mean, he held his own. He didn't go down without a fight. I think he, I think he's on the upward climb as well. Yeah, he's uh he's number sixty eight in the world right now. Uh, there's quite a few Americans above him, but definitely passable Americans, I think. And uh, if he if he's on the up and up a little bit as well, um, that like if if he if he keeps playing well into twenty twenty two, I agree. There's there, he can definitely pass Tommy Paul when it comes to American, but there's a lot of other people that he can pass. I mean, Sebastian Corda is at forty one right now, so he's 27 um, behind Sebastian Corda when it comes to uh, Nakashima. I, w- I would say Casper Rude is someone to keep an eye on, but I feel like it's almost obvious Definitely. because of how well he ended right. last year. Yeah, I was going to say he's kind of not, you know, one that you slept on before. I feel like he obviously success on clay, but he really, I mean, he really started on the up and up, like you said, at kind of October. Yeah, because he won those back-to-back titles. You know, he won on clay, and then he won at San Diego, and he played really well. Played well at the Labor Cup, like the Labor yeah. Cup. The Labor Cup, I think, really kickstarted the whole thing. Because he played well at the Labor Cup, which is hard court. Everyone's like, "Oh, who's this kid, and why? Why is he so good on hard court now?" And then he played really. <laughs> and then he played really good at. Uh, then he played good at San Diego, which was the next week. And then he played good at Indian Wells, and then he played good at the ATB Finals. So I was like, those four things kind of in a row were what raised a lot of eyebrows. But I remember when you were in San Diego and you text me and you're like, Rude's playing really well on hardcore. And I was like, he is. And this could be the start of something new for Casper Rude. Because yeah. this is actually this is actually pretty uh, good. Anybody else as far as uh, up-and-comers for uh, men's side? Or do we want to jump to WTA now? Because you, you know... Well, I was just... I was just going to give honorable mention to Cam Nori because I feel like he's not talked about enough for how True. good he is. I think you're right. You're, you're absolutely correct. He is not talked about enough for how good he is. And I think especially this year with his win at Indian Wells, he oh deserves a little gosh, bit more respect yeah. on the name. Right. And the final at San Diego Open, and then he go like you said, and then the next week he goes and wins Indian Wells, which is by no means an easy tournament. No, I will say, though, the big three weren't at Indian Wells. But, hey, I'm not taking anything away from him. That is true. That is true. (laughs) But the big three's breaking down as well. They're like a... Yeah, they're like a a good old Ford Taurus 1993 right now. They're breaking down a little bit. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna put some big old rims on those things and get them all souped up for 2022 for the Australian. Yeah, Um, yeah, give them a little. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Let's hope so. The the sport needs them. The um women's side. The women's side. You you were at like Midland. 
right? You you were in Michigan yeah. for a WTA. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of women on the women's side of the WTA that you know much more than I do. So educate me on some of these women coming up and some of the ones that uh, are WTA friends will will want to keep an eye on this year. Yeah, definitely. Well, Dow Tennis Classic was in Midland, as you just mentioned. That was the most recent tournament that I was at. And a player that I really, really enjoyed watching and really thought played some pretty solid and strong tennis is Katie McNally. She made the finals of the U.S. Open with her partner. Oh, yeah. She's on the Springfield Lasers. Yeah, and she was so good. Her and Coco Goff made the finals. At U.S. Open, played really well, played against, you know, their opponents had been playing together for... Yeah, they played against a vet pair. I don't know who it was, but they played, yeah. they did play against a vet pair, for sure. Yeah, and they really held their own. Katie McNally's 19 years old. I mean, she totally is just... I mean, she's a powerful player. She didn't make a lot of mistakes, really, until the semifinals. And that was the only time that... And I also saw her play in San Jose, and she was good there too. So, yeah, that's a I good think one. She's a player. Yeah, she's a player that I've really taken a liking to, and am kind of paying close attention to. Um, as far as another player, obviously she's more well known, I would say, on the WTA, and I think she's she was, you know, in the top thirty at least when I was in San Jose. Is Danielle Collins? Yeah, she's a she's a she's a little fireball. She, yeah, she, what did you what did you call her? Danimal. Danimal. That's her name on Instagram. I think Danimal. She is an animal. I watched her play at the U.S. Open. You're right, though. She, if she, if she can turn it on, like she's dangerous. Yeah, she was like, and she wasn't even a seed at the San, you know, Mubadala Silicon Valley Classic. She took that thing by storm. Yeah, I think I th- both good Americans there too. I think McNally, the youngster, I think she gets overshadowed a lot by Coco Goff. And especially since they are doubles partners, I think a lot of people are more interested in the story and um, the fame that is Coco Goff. But McNally uh, has played really well with Goff. And I think if she can translate that to doubles or to singles, sorry, from doubles, uh, she can she can really be a danger. But as far as Sloan Stevens and Madison Keys that you watch play in San Jose, are we thinking those two are like dunzo or are, are they going to kind of bring it back this year? Yeah, that's, you know what? So we saw Sloan Stevens. She played Kim Kleisters at the Sunday showdown at the Atlanta Open, which we, we were, we were partnered with them as well. And she gave it to Kim Kleisters. Yeah. Holy cow. She did not have any mercy. She did not play that like an XO. She played that like a freaking final of a Grand Slam, like no mercy. So she was really fun to watch. She then went to San Jose. We were there for that. She brought in a huge crowd. They love Sloan. She, she's powerful. Yeah, Sloan's very well liked for sure. She is a fast, fast player. Like you can really, really see her athleticism on display. I don't think that Sloan is done. Madison Keys was a. I, I believe she was four seed of the Silicon Valley Classic lost in the first round but she did have actually she lost in the second round she had to buy the first round she looked good just wasn't her night but i will say her attitude impeccable she was so positive so complimentary of her opponent winning you know took the loss with grace 
said, I need to focus on this and I'm going to take that and move forward. I gave, you know, I, it wasn't my night, but I did try my best. And like, I just respect these athletes because it's such a mental, such an individual game who really can take, you know, their losses with a grain of salt and just move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, th- I think those two can actually, uh, I, th- I think it's a lot of mental with them. Uh, and especially with Sloan and Madison. And if they want to, there's no really stopping them. They can make another run in a major. And I expect them to do that in 2022. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, let's get through these ATP awards quick. Cause I told you all last week that we're going to get through the ATP awards. And I was wrong on so many of these awards. <laughs> like I was wrong on like almost all of them. Comeback player of the year, Mackenzie McDonald. Did you watch him play? Was he at uh, San Diego? He was not at San Diego. Yeah. Not, yeah. He at had, least not that I, I don't believe he was there. No. Yeah. He had a hamstring injury and surgery in 2019, came back, had a great year, went to the fourth round of the Australian Open. Uh, I really thought it should have went to Andy Murray. He was playing high level tennis down there in Southern California, huh? Absolutely. I thought it definitely should have went to Andy Murray, but it went to the American. Can't be mad about it. And I like Mackenzie McDonald. I think he's on the Springfield Lasers, too, which is, hey, that's my team now. My home team, my home team, <laughs> Springfield team. Laser. I know uh, you saw Karatsev play, right? He He's the most improved player of the year. Yeah, he was in San Diego. He was good. A good player. He, I mean, he beat some of the really strong yeah. players. I I watched his match against Grigor. That oh, was yeah. some stellar tennis. Yeah, yeah. Is what that was. Karatsev did have a good like, year. And. I, I was with you. I I, I think I think he's, uh, you know, most improved player of the year. Sure, give it to him. But Rude and Cam Nori are both also in this category. I think I gave it to uh Casper Rude, or I I would have given it to Casper Rude. That was my pick. Yeah. But I mean, any of those guys would have been Alcaraz was in it too. But he's so young that I don't know if he's more improved or more just like showed up on the scene. Um, <laughs> but you saw him. You saw Karatsev play and Rude and Nori. Who would you give it to out of those yeah. three? I'm kind of with you on the rude. Yeah, I mean, he made it to the ATP no. finals. And he was like, literally before July, he was not a hardcore player. And he made it to the ATP finals. Yeah, he, yeah, his hardcore just, I mean, good. I'm so happy for him Yeah, that he, he got it. Because it's kind of, he kind of said it was a little bit of a, a block almost, but yeah. it was kind of mentally. He's like, I just can't perform on hard court. And then boom, then he did. labor cup came around. And then, yeah, like you said, San Diego. And then from there on, he was yeah. just a hardcore player. And he was like, psych. Yeah, I can. Um, <laughs> newcomer of the year, Jensen Brooksby. Did you watch Brooksby play? Yeah. So he was at the hall of fame open. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. Really fun to watch. Interesting to watch. Interesting to watch. Yeah, that's a good. That's probably a better word. Interesting. Yeah, he, very unique style of play. Guess who? Guess who else was up for the newcomer of the year, Mads? Nakashima. Ooh. Oh, see, you would have gave it. You would have given it to Nakashima. Honestly, yeah, I really would. I, th- I think, I'm saying I, yeah. he's on the up and up. Yeah, I think Brooksby was on the up and up in 2019. But hey, more people paid attention this year. I get it. Fine, we'll go with 
we'll keep it with Brooksby here. Uh, the Sportsmanship Award, no shocker here, went to Rafael Nadal. I, w- I gave it last week to Francis Tiafo. I thought Tiafo would get it. Oh, um, yeah. he's so good. Yeah, with, just he, he – oh, yes. Pulls on the I heartstrings agree. sometimes, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he, he's he's like literally a sweetheart of a dude. Like he, he's he loses, he's a teddy bear. Yeah, he is. He loses. He's always smiling, laughing. Everyone loves him, and he loses to like Sparov in the final of a of a tournament overseas once, and he just like is cracking jokes within a minute of losing. I'm like, I don't know how you do that, but um, Rafael Nadal has won this. I can't even fourth straight year and fifth time <laughs> overall. That he's won this. Yeah. So whoever <laughs> that dog thinks that Rafael Nadal. <laughs> yeah, that, he he agrees with me. That Rafa. That Tiafo should have won that. But he's a Rafa fan. He'll go with it. Uh the Arthur Ashe Humanitarian Award went to Marcus Daniel. Daniel? Danielle. I don't even know who that is. So I'm really sorry, Marcus. But to be completely honest, I don't recall either. <laughs> yeah. But this dude, this guy, uh, he donated at least 10% of his annual winnings to a charity for the rest of his life. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Oh wow. That Um, is very cool. I'm going to find out who this guy is now. Good for this guy. That's awesome. Um, and then fan favorite I'm voted on by the fans. I don't think you've seen this guy play yet, but for the 19th straight year, he's won this award. Can you guess who it is? 19th straight year. Yeah. Fan favorite. Everyone loves him. Oh, it's got to be Roger. Yeah, it is right. It is Roger. 19th straight year. He's, <laughs> of course. He's, he's been the fan favorite in singles for the 19th straight year. The guy played like three tournaments this year, four tournaments. He went to Doha, and then he played in the French, and he played maybe one more place and then Wimbledon. He played well at Wimbledon. He did play well at Wimbledon. He played well at the French, too. Uh, and he won the yeah, fan favorite. That's true. Those are the winners. You can see them all on ATPTour.com or on ATP's uh, Twitter account. I I don't think I got one of those right, to be honest. I, you didn't even get the fan favorite right? No. Well, I don't. I didn't really ask. I didn't do that. Oh, the other one was uh, Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year went to Cam Norrie's coach. I gave it to Casper Rude's dad, who's his coach. But uh, Who was a former player, right? Yeah, so... I th- I thought it should have went to Christian Rude because Casper made the Nito ATP finals and learned how to play on hardcourt or showed he could play on hardcourt. But uh, they gave it to Cam Norrie's coach, which I also understand because Cam Norrie won Indian Wells, had a good end of the year, made it to the finals in San Diego, yada, yada, yada. Did really, really good. So long story short, I lost all of them. Like, I legit think I lost all of them. <laughs> The best masters. I hope you didn't put any money down. No, I didn't. I was so bad. I don't know how I got. I did that bad on all of those. I did terrible on all those. Mads, I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh my gosh, this was so fun. Hey, I'm really glad. It's so cool to talk tennis. I know. I'm so. Like, I'm so happy. I'm so glad you're in the whole tennis realm now, and you like get what I'm talking about. You're like one of my only friends that understands what I'm actually saying. When I talk about tennis and like when I tweet things out there, you'd be like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, see, let's go. Someone actually knows tennis. Um, You'll definitely, I'll definitely have you back on next year after one, after you go to one of these tournaments. I hold it off this year because I knew, I knew you had a lot of tournaments to do at the end of the year and wait till the end of the season. But you're, you were amazing, Matt. Anything else about tennis? How was your first year in like digging deep into tennis been for you? 
It was, it, it was amazing. Honestly, I, I think I, you know, we had always, I had always watched, you know, us open on TV and kind of some of the bigger tournaments, like you said, most people do, but I, it's just very cool to kind of be on the inside of it and really understand and appreciate the talent. And like you said, some of these, not, not maybe the most well-known fan favorite players, but maybe some of the ones that are kind of overlooked and it was really cool to see them play in person and just kind of get to be, it's so different when you're on site. Like you, you worked the U S open, you know, it's yeah. like a di- completely, obviously that's way, <laughs> way bigger than the tournaments that I've been to, but <laughs> it's just incredible to be there in the, in the flesh, seeing them play. I mean, it's, it, there's really nothing like it. And, and I've told listeners this on, or I've told listeners this on this podcast before, if you really want to see tennis, go to a smaller tournament. Like the U.S. Open, the U.S. Open's an event and like it is the best event in the world in my eyes. But it is like a whole spectacle, right? Like you're like showing up to like the Eiffel Tower when you show up to the U.S. Open because it is like a monument. But when you go to like San Diego or you go even if you live by a smaller tournament, go like you can learn the most about professional tennis by going to some of these smaller tournaments like you did. You're probably going to a few more of these next year, right? Yeah, so I think what we did just were officially partnered with the Miami Open, which is Masters 1000. That's so cool. So that's a big one. So I'm really excited for that. We're working on a couple others, potentials, and then obviously some renewals, you know, with Atlanta Hall of Fame, Winston-Salem, all of the U.S. Open series. So pretty, pretty incredible, pretty exciting to be a part of such a cool sport. Yeah, I mean, you would have never thought, huh? No, it's so different than hockey, which I kind of, I love it. Like it's, it's, I love how different it is. I love it too. I'm so happy you came on the podcast. Mad, where, Mads, where can they find you on social media? The, the, oh, yeah. uh, the listeners, where can they find you? <laughs> I have an Instagram under Madison E. Golden and then same with Twitter. Oh yeah. And then you can also follow Bleacher and Tennis One everywhere. Yeah. Um, yep. Anywhere you Do follow anything or download the app. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, the app's great. Exclusive score stats for all tournaments, including, you know, challengers, some of the smaller ones, like Jacob mentioned, bracket battle where you can win money. Yeah, I'm bad at that. Very those. cool. They're hard, especially yeah. this year. I mean, you know what? Look at the U.S. Open. Look at Emirata Kanu. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah, the qualifier. You can Who pro- would have thought? You can probably tell on how well I did on my ATP awards that I'm bad at those brackets. <laughs> I'm so bad. I think I think the U.S. Open bracket. I text you after the first round, and I go, I don't even know why I did this because I'm so bad. Like my bracket it's, was terrible. And then you can you can redo tough. it too. Like I think there's like yeah, you, you get repicks. <laughs> yeah, I was bad. I think I think I tweeted you know, at tennis one, and I was like, "This, I'm terrible." At I'm this. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I I apologize I think, for bringing your percentages down on your app because I am terrible <laughs> at this bracket. No, the more players, the more fun. I think you know what the ATP side is a little bit easier to kind of predict, but I think Yvonne Lendl, we had him in our app before Wimbledon or during Wimbledon. And I think he said it best for the WTA side. I'm just going to close my eyes and throw a dart. Yes. And that's who's going to win. Yeah. On that's the, who's going to like. Yeah. <laughs> On the men's side, it's like, all right, true. Novak straight to the finals. Daniil Medvedev right. straight to the semis at <laughs> least. Let's go. 
<laughs> uh, who's over here? Yeah, Casper uh, Rude. What is it? Grass. You're lot. You lose first round. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's legit how it is. Well, Mads. Hey, we appreciate you. Me, I do. I know the listeners do as well, even if they don't tweet at you, which is probably a good thing. Um, th- th- they appreciate you. We appreciate you coming on here, and we will get you back on some point next year. How's that sound? That sounds great. I appreciate you and all of your passion and everything that you've taught me about this game because, seriously, when I first started, you know how nervous I was to go to my first mm-hmm. tournament. I didn't know what to expect. And I, I appreciate you, you know, kind of explaining to me in terms that I understand. And obviously now that I've been around the game, I'm able to talk with you about it, which is very cool and exciting. Hey, we're only getting started. We're only getting started. And we'll have her back on. She has to be a reoccurring guest now. We'll have her back on sometime next year. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate you all. Thanks for listening to this whole thing with me and Mads because we really got into it. Next year when she goes to one of these tournaments, we're going to get even more into it. Thanks, Mads. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.